Hello, this is Severin and Ambrosia, and welcome to another episode of the Original Designated Drinkers, the podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. And today's podcast is debunked. It's part of the debunk series. And debunked what? Hangovers. Ooh, I feel like I feel like my whole life is a lie if you tell me some of the things that I um know about hangovers so we'll find out we gonna see i was uh i was looking back through the other debunked episodes and uh there were a lot of questions about this that came up kind of on the side so i figured we'd we'd tackle it today okay i'm with and um today's debunked will be fueled by a little something called a paquette have you ever heard of a paquette i have not Uh, so a paquette is when you take the grapes from wine, mm-hmm. press them out. First run of juice is what makes the, the wine. Then you take all of the skin that's left over and you mm-hmm. fill it up with water and you press it again. So what's left is something that's a lot lower in ABV. So this one is 5.7%. That's still high. It's lower than a cider. It's lower than most beers, at least most ales. And it's about half of a wine. I thought beers were like 4.5. If you're doing like lagers. Oh, okay. See, there you go. Layman, Layman CF. Okay. I've just been sitting in spreadsheets for the past two weeks, okay. <laughs> examining AVPs. Well, let's 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 Chips. hit it. Let's let's get to it. Let's get to some debunked theories, myths. Um. So the first thing I do want to say is that we're going to be talking a lot about uh, alcohol and its effects on the bodies, and if you or someone that you know does have an issue with drinking, uh, there are a lot of hotlines to call. The American Addiction Center uh, does offer a free and confidential guidance to their hotline, which we will be putting uh, on the website. Sounds good. For you as well. I'm with it. All right. So what's a hangover? We use terms like, what do you call a hangover? Um, When I feel like poop. <laughs> Pretty much. I've been out um, drinking, drinking more than I should have and I don't feel well the next day. Yep, that's sums it up. Uh, I call it wet brain. Okay. Uh, it's also beca- uh, called as a morning fog. Okay. Um, sometimes I like to say that I'm tender. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Okay. <laughs> I just like I said, I feel like crap and like like I always think of that kind of line of plan was to drink until the pain over. But, but what's, what's worse? worse? The pain of the hangover. That actually sums up this entire episode. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so the word hangover technically is referred to as, and I'm going to slaughter this, uh, vesialgia. Okay. Um, and it comes from the Norwegian word for uneasiness following debauchery, combined with a Greek word meaning pain. Okay, pain. Yeah, that's, that's, that sums it up. <laughs> So symptoms can include things such as headache, nausea, dry mouth, fatigue, the shakes, inability to focus, and a sense of general confusion. All of the above. <laughs> as we get older, we learn that uh, our hangovers get worse. Yeah. A lot of f- those young folks out there don't understand the two-day hangover, and the day that you do, it'll make you question going out and drinking too much doing anything right (laughs) Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more but some of them have to do with things like your prefrontal cortex and and a couple of other things so i'm i'm gonna nerd out a little bit okay so alcohol it's a toxin right and it is also a diuretic uh so a diuretic is something that causes you make you pee 
go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. So yeah. it can cause either dehydration or an electrolyte imbalance. There's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be going through here and saying, well, maybe. And the reason for that is that there's not a lot of research and a lot of data to back this up. Okay. And we'll get into why that is. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural diuretic. It's also a suppressant. It's a depressant. Mm-hmm. It makes your body slow down. Right. So uh, as you start to consume uh, alcohol, uh, it slows the release of an antidiuretic hormone in your body called vasopressin, and it's an ADH. And that ADH works with your kidneys to slow down your body's hydration level. What's the ADH? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's antidiuretic hormone. ADH, okay. antidiuretic yep. hormone. Um, and so what it, it's doing by slowing down uh, this uh, work of your body to try and bring itself back to homeostasis is that it makes it, – it releases four times the amount of liquid than what you consume. So if you consume eight and a half ounces of alcohol, which mm-hmm. is slightly less than uh, – like between a glass of wine and a – I thought and, that was a shot. Uh, eight yeah, ounces. So t- Eight ounce, uh, no, so total, uh, a shot's about an ounce. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm sorry. My math is off. No, gotcha. you're good. You're good. Shot is an ounce. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing about eight and a half uh, ounces of alcohol, your body is going to flush out 34 ounces. So about a, a liter for every 250 milliliters. Okay. So for every glass, every glass of wine, you're going to go half a liter. Yeah. I mean, a liter, but half a two liter of pop. As, as your body starts to, to this, as this starts to set in. And so we commonly refer to that as breaking the seal. Right. Which we all know is a myth that your body is going to go to the bathroom the more intoxicated you get. It has nothing to do with going to the bathroom the first time. That's when your body's got to start going. Nah, nah, nah. Breaking the seal <laughs> is real because once you go that one time. See, like you can hold it and like, oh, I ain't got to go. And then once you go that one time, you're just going to be living in the bathroom the rest of the night. That's because you keep drinking. Not, nah, because, not because you broke the seal. I don't feel like that's why. I, I feel like I feel Science. like if you I feel like if you stop, like it, you break the seal and you stop, you still gonna keep going to the bathroom a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you're drinking alcohol. But you're done drinking. You're not gonna drink anymore. Your after. body's still processing that long after. Oh, okay. So it's not like you drink this eight ounces and then you just go to the bathroom and and that's it it's like a continuous process right because your body's slowly shutting down the uh the release of the adh the, the vasopressin gotcha so that in combination with alcohol expanding your blood vessels which we also call inflammation mm-hmm. um that can lead to headaches headaches can also be a byproduct of dehydration and um, it's also going to irritate the lining of your stomach. And that's going to give you that general feeling of queasiness. Oh, yeah. Been and before. Yeah. So, so your stomach acid will start to uh, build up. And that is what causes you to vomit as well. Okay. Um, now, with the stomach and the queasiness and everything else, I know about, like, if you drink, on an empty stomach or a full stomach, is that a myth too, or what's that? No, that's a great idea. I mean, if you're drinking, so basically alcohol is absorbed through your lower intestines. Mm -hmm. And if you have things that the, if you think about your your body system as being just an open structure, Mm -hmm. if you have something at the bottom that's going to uh, slow down the absorption of alcohol, uh, then it'll slow down the absorption and it'll help you 
mediate how much alcohol gets into your bloodstream. If you're in an empty stomach, it's going to go straight in. Okay. With nothing impeding it. Okay. So uh, we've got your blood vessels expanding. You've got uh, your antidiuretic hormones being suppressed. Uh, You've got your stomach getting all irritated because of all of the acid that is in alcohol naturally. All the toxins. Mm -hmm. It also depletes your blood sugar levels. Oh, okay. So this is getting into uh, a lot with your liver. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your liver is about the size of of a football. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of the liver as kind of your factory right. in the system. It's, it's the thing that, that is letting you push the processes in and, and, and get everything working and in line, like a, an efficient factory. So what's happening is that you have uh, glutamine production that is being suppressed by your liver because your liver is like, I can't take this anymore. This is too much to deal with. And so it stops the glutamine pr- production. Uh, once your liver has dealt with all of the alcohol, that glutamine production sets right back in. And if you've ever, uh, woken up at like 2 AM after a long night of drinking and passing out and you're just suddenly awake, 2 AM, just getting started, <laughs> you wake up all of a sudden and you're, you're awake and you're like, why am I up? I'm exhausted. It's because those sugars are getting punched back in by your liver and saying, Hey, it's time for us to go, go, go. Cause I've been sleeping for so long. Gotcha. So this just, this disrupts your sleeping. Um, so you're not going into the REM sleep. REM sleep is very important for your brain to flush out everything that it needs to get things right. Have amazing dreams no body repair is coming and this is where a lot of the fatigue is starting to settle in oh okay that, now that makes sense that that doesn't sound like a, a myth that sounds for real so I'm oh. With that. <laughs> oh i love that i'm throwing out all these scientific words and you're like mm, maybe yeah maybe <laughs> so another really key factor in uh your liver is acetaldehyde what? <laughs> Acetaldehyde is a natural um, uh, occurrence byproduct of, of your liver breaking down alcohol. And uh, it's using all of these enzymes that it has to break down this acetyl, uh, the acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde is actually more toxic than ethanol itself. Mm. And so as it's it's breaking it all down and it doesn't have any more of it of this enzyme to break it down, and then once it's uh, done and it's been able to restore itself – those will pump back in, uh, and it's really hard to measure in real time how much acetyl alcohol, or acetaldehyde is being accumulated in your body. Uh, and so there are some studies being done studying folks uh, who don't actually have a lot of these enzymes naturally. Um, a lot of people from Asian descent won't have these natural enzymes, uh, and they can give us some clues on how that breakdown is affecting a hangover, but again, there really aren't very many resources to understand them. Okay. And lastly, uh, we have uh, congeners. And we'll come back to congeners when we talk about red wine hangovers and red wine headaches. But congeners are basically another byproduct of nasty things that our body doesn't really know what to do with. Okay. So what does it do with it? I mean, we, we, we pee it out, sweat it out. 
The jury's still out. Uh-oh. There are very few studies on these, and the studies aren't... PubMed is my favorite website, by the way. Very few studies done on these, and the studies that were done aren't very uh, either understanding of the project problem or the studies themselves weren't set up properly. So that sounds like where the hangover comes from and why it's no cure for it. I mean, if they just solved this congener problem then it'd be no more hangovers. Well, there is a cure, actually. No, there's not. Yeah, we're going to talk about hangover nah, cures. Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the, the non-research being done, it, there's a big problem with uh, moral panic. Moral panic? What's, yeah, moral panic. What's the moral panic? The moral panic is that if we research alcohol and its effects, then it's going to be okay to drink. And quite frankly, drinking is, is something that's for the devil. Okay, moral, 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 moral panic. It's moral it's panic. a it's a social phenomenon that happens a lot with um, preventing scientists to be able to go out and do the research or to have any facts on anything. We see moral panic with uh, the satanic panic that happened in the seventies and the eighties. Uh, the like snatching your children up moral panic that was happening when. That was the 70s and 80s. That was the 70s and 80s. Yes, a lot of moral panic. So when when society is too unwilling to explore scientific reasoning because their morals get in the way, is a moral panic. Okay, that's um, I've heard of that, but I've never heard it explained quite like that. So that's quite interesting to me. So, unfortunately. Still not a lot of research done. And uh, another problem is that you can't measure a lot of this stuff in real time. How are you going to measure brain fog? Um, you get a bunch of people drunk <laughs> and you measure their cognitive abilities. Right. But it's going to be so different from each person and how they drank. And Well, you just had the same person and then you measure it. <laughs> because a sample piece of one is very... I'm just saying it's 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 ways, but there are. It's very complicated and it's very underfunded. Okay, it's a big problem. When I um I went to an academy where we had to have um drunk people to know what to do and how to deal with them and everything else, and so for a day drinking was encouraged, and um. I feel like if we did that as a research study, just kind of a basic dumbed down version for us trying to arrest people who were drunk, then they should be able to do this for like regular life to find out more. I I couldn't agree more. I have to take a four hour exam every year to prove that I can serve alcohol and know what the signs are of someone being intoxicated and just a test for that oh yeah we have to we have a certification we have to do every year it's called BASA it's really annoying I didn't think that was the case because I've seen some people just like past slosh they like just done and they're like here you want one more like holy crap that's capitalism Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's a whole different conversation. A whole different, different conversation. But yeah, no, there's a thing is, is a third-party liability law. So if, Okay, I do know about that. Yeah, if a bartender serves someone who's intoxicated and they get in their car and kill somebody uh, from drunk driving, then it is the responsibility of the person that served them that alcohol. Gotcha. So what's some more myths? You, um, you, so you said there is a cure for hangover. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, well, there, there are, there are two. Let, let me hear it. Come on. The two hard and fast. Number one, don't drink enough to get a hangover. Um, that is not a cure. 
That, it's prevention. Yes, that's prevention. All right, fine. That is not a cure. So the so, only so the only real I, cur- I win. We need a debunked um mark board <laughs> and let me get one one tick mark. There you okay. go. One 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 for seven. Yes. Uh so they, I guess the only real cure is time. They they okay. Now I'll count that as a as a cure. I'll count time as a cure because it does, yes, really take time. But no. I want <laughs> All right, so we'll get into these these myths here. All I right. want to take something and it makes it go away. I know uh, we all do for everything. It turns out that's it, you just gotta you gotta go through the forest, not around it. Yeah, that's why I'm not drinking. Okay, that's, see prevention. Keep going. All right, so we're gonna go into some of these hangover cures. Have you ever heard of one called hair of the dog? Yeah, drink some more or whatever you drink, and then you'll be better. Mm-hmm. Take a no, nah, that doesn't work. It, I mean, it does. It does in a yeah, way. Yeah, it makes you more drunk again. It gets you back drunk again. And then time is another contributing factor. But then you can kind of come down a little easier. But, oh, the, the stomach don't want that no more because it's like, get out of here. That is a problem with hair of the dog. Yeah. Your body's already upset. It's yeah. already drowning. And it doesn't want any more of this. But your brain will feel a little bit better if it slows down and it doesn't feel the effects so much, which is what we love about alcohol is that it numbs the effects of what your body is doing and what your brain is doing, right? Mm-hmm. So a problem with the hair of the dog is that it can actually lead to binge drinking. I can see that. And that is a big problem. Yeah. If you're curing your hangover every day by continuing to drink, then you get into your four, five, six, seven-day binges or however long they go, and that is can lead to, to bigger problems. Okay. So another one is caffeine. Coffee. Okay. Uh, have you ever, you ever tried to drink coffee to sober up? No. Or help with a hangover? No. Um... I'm not a huge, huge coffee fan. I'll drink it if it's there, um, but I don't go look for it on purpose. And then in addition to that, I thought it was a diuretic, so then I'm going to be peeing even more. That's exactly the problem. So it will cure that fatigue system symptom that you have, but it's also a diuretic. Um, and it can also aggravate your stomach lining. Okay, I can see that. As well as affecting your blood pressure. Okay, I can and see that. Yeah. These are all things that are already really upset at you. What about eating a nice, greasy, fatty breakfast? Yeah, that don't work either. I know that don't work because that's supposed – you're supposed to have done that before, if anything. But that just makes a mess because stuff gets slippery and slick inside there. (laughs) This is technical science here. Fatty foods will make your insides slippery. (laughs) And slick. Don't forget slick. Slick. Uh, I know a lot of folks that swear by this, getting greasy eggs in the morning. What do you like to have after, like, what do you, what do you like to eat after a night of drinking? Um, White Castle. That's, that's greasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why do you do it? Because it tastes good. I don't really do it because it's greasy. But it tastes good and it makes you feel better. No, it doesn't really make me feel better. I just, <laughs> when, when I just get hungry. So it doesn't make me feel any better one way or another. Nothing makes me feel better at all. <laughs> so that's, like I said, that's why I don't drink. Oh, um, well, I taste, but I don't I don't drink like that. Too. I know a lot of folks that just gave up drinking because of the hangover. Just the hangover just wasn't worth it for them anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Move on to different, different vices. Um, 
I would name some, but then people would think those are the vices that I participate in and I don't. So <laughs> I'm not even going to name them. Well, fatty foods. Uh, for me, I don't like fatty foods in the morning. I like blueberries and B vitamins. That's like my go-to for a hangover. Like a pint of blueberries and then this this thing called highball. It's a sugar-free vitamin B. Oh, yeah. B. I'm hip to highball. Oh, I love those. That and a pint of blueberries. That'll set me straight. I know. I know. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're making a face. No comment. Yeah. You were going to call me bougie. I was. <laughs> That's fine. I was going to call you bougie. <laughs> then I was going to ask like, oh, no, I forgot you hate organic. Um, but Definitely not organic blueberries. Yes. Okay. Absolutely not. Keep going. <laughs> But the thing with fatty foods is that it can it can ha- it can combat some of these symptoms that you're feeling when you're hungover, um, and by increasing your serotonin levels. Okay. Because the pleasure that you get out of eating something that's comforting. Okay, I'm with that. Um, so let me just backtrack on to speaking of serotonin. Uh, have you ever heard of a of a hangxiety? Um, no, Fatty but hang-xiety? I can imagine what one might be. A shame over. No, explain them to me, please. Fear, fear. These are all terms. I use shame over, but I have a lot of younger friends that say anxiety. I have anxiety. So what's that? Uh, it's the feeling the next day of being extremely anxious. Why are you anxious? So, funny you should ask. <laughs> so alcohol depresses your nervous system, right? Uh-huh. So the nervous system responds by suppressing stimulants, which is glutamate, and increasing neurotransmitters, which are are GABA. And uh, what those are going to be trying to do is combat the alcohol and get you back to homeostasis. Okay. Homeostasis is kind of the big arching word of this. Yeah. Can you define homeostasis? Um, Natural state of your body's functions. Bam. I didn't even give you a heads up that I was going to be asking about that. Um, I'm a G. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> so your body wants to put you into homeostasis while you're on alcohol, but the next day the alcohol has been cleaned out by your liver. Uh, but the excessive amount of stimulants that are still in your system uh, are going to give you this feeling of being stimulated, right? Being nervous, being shaky, um, constricting your blood vessels, uh, and these are all symptoms of being anxious. I, I feel like I'm anxious all the time, so I I, I don't think I can get even, any more anxious from <laughs> well, drinking. So, well, I thought this was like um, scared to look at your phone to see like what drunk text or dials you've made. This is part of it, but there's a, there's an actual reason for this. Okay. Um. So. Not only is your body pumping out all these stimulants the next day, but your dopamine and your serotonin levels, they, they're all released while you're drinking so that your body can stay in homeostasis, and that leaves your reserves low the next morning, and your body isn't going to be able to start providing that natural serotonin until it's repaired itself, okay. and those so levels are brought back up. That's the depressing part, the, the kind of the downer issue. Exactly. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's like the, the, the come down or the, the consequences of releasing all of that serotonin the night before. Uh, and it's funny that you're talking about anxiety. Uh, it's not funny. It's actually sucks because I, I have it as well. Social anxiety. Um, but f- folks with social anxiety are four times more likely to develop an addiction to alcohol for self-medication mm-hmm. because going out, having a drink will calm that anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the next day. It's right back up. 
it's worse. Even hot, yeah, I was about to say even higher. Uh, yeah, with anxiety, got like take a pre-drink before you even hit the door just to get yourself going and everything. So yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 a big risk for us, us with social anxiety who go out into drinking environments. It's hard to check it and make sure that you're not self-medicating to excess, which is easy to get away from you when you're not in a good mental state. Uh, and so I was actually trying to find out the difference between having a, like a blackout and a brownout mm-hmm. uh, because that next day, checking your texts, seeing who you need to apologize to, um, going through your texts, finding out where your cell phone is, all of those things, those can happen because of being blacked out or browned out. And I found out that the difference between those two is it has to do with your blood alcohol content. Mm-hmm. So we refer to browning out as forgetting bits and pieces, blackout being you forgot it all. Mm-hmm. And so the higher your blood alcohol content is, the less you're likely to remember. And if your blood alcohol content is lowering and raising, then you're going to have brownouts. But if it just stays high up, you're just going to be blacked out the entire time because your body's shutting down. Ooh, that sounds wet. That's... Uh, I we... don't want it. <laughs> uh, but so you do have a combination of not only your brain reacting to your physical response of the withdrawals from alcohol the next day, but also if you had a blackout, you're going to be in this panic, but have you, you've never experienced uh, a, a hangover, anxiety hangover when you remember everything? Okay. You, you just, uh, like, you had a couple glasses of wine, but you were out in a very large social situation, and you wake up the next day, and you're like, oh, my God, everybody hates me. What did I say? Who did I hit on? What did I do? But you remember every bit of it, and you know that you didn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. That's your body's natural response to how your body is feeling and increased by your already social anxiety that's already there. Okay. I'm with that. <laughs> You're very pensive. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm these, the, it's, it all sounds familiar. So, yes, I'm with it. I, some of the stuff I can't debunk. Other stuff I can. Mm. Just like. Debunk my me, debunk. Just like you telling me it's a cure for a hangover. Time. That no, that doesn't count. <laughs> All right. What about sweating out? Ooh, um, that seems like it will help a bit, but it could hurt in the long run because you have to replace that sweat with something. Um, and then like you sweat it out, that's kind of getting the toxins out of your body. I mean, that's what they say when you're not hungover. So, well. It turns out that 90% of alcohol is processed through the liver. Okay. So the idea of sweating it out is false. Nope, 10%. <laughs> it's not the 10%. It's actually only 1%, like maybe one percentage. Um, some of those percentages are also going through uh, things like through your breath, which is why we, breathalyzers are found time and time again to be completely unscientifically based because there is such little of alcohol that is being processed through your breath and measuring your blood alcohol content through breath is, uh, not good science. You know, that's where you lose most of your regular weight from. Through your breath? Yes. Mm, I need your facts on that one. The facts is I'm telling it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you work out when you breathe hard. That's where I love uh, The metabolic out. change between converting oxygen I'm and CO2 you, is not the same metabolic release of fat cells. I was like, when you lose weight, where does it go? And I looked it up and it said a lot of times when you're breathing hard, a lot of it goes through your breath. Because I'm like... It's not like you're just using the bathroom a lot and everything's going away from there. So where's when you lose weight, where's the weight go? And that was the answer. Well, we're going to have our fact checker on that one. Uh, but sweating it out, um, it does actually help a little bit with, again, relieving these symptoms. It increases serotonin levels. Um, it gets your energy back up, and that helps with the fatigue. But there is a risk with that if you're not properly hydrated or you don't have enough electrolytes and your electrolytes are imbalanced. It can, it can negatively affect that. That's what I said. <laughs> That's why I said you got to replace it with something. So, Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have um, IVs or hydration through IV. And you're going to tell me that doesn't work? Oh, that 100% works. Okay, because I was about to say I know from experience – that works. Right. Electrolyte rebalancing your electrolytes. It can do a lot. I mean, your brain actually shrinks after drinking yeah. from a whole night because they're not actually sure, but uh, there's a good chance that it's because of it being dehydrated. Um, and so that's why you get that like tension headache and it literally feels like your brain is like smushed together. Like a little raisin. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so having that hydration back in those electrolytes of an IV will definitely help with those things. Okay. But who has access to that? Um, in Vegas, they do. Well, <laughs> here they do, too. Um, you go to one of those hydration places, I, I, and they cost like 100 bucks or something like that. So I'm sure LA's got quite a few. Yeah. But access to those is very limited. I actually went to a bartender camp, and um, somebody that was a nurse actually did bring IVs and bags for all of the all of the, the campers, which was bizarre. That was to me smart. At best. It was I guess. That was smart. I don't know. It seems like a, a very intense way to get over a hangover. Until you hung over and it works, then you thanking the IV guides for delivering it to you. So uh, and so the last thing that I want to talk about of common cures for hangovers, uh, or at least as we know as folklore, is um, an extreme release of serotonin. I've never heard of this one. So what's that supposed to be? An orgasm. Oh, I'm so slow. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I was a G. Now I'm down to an <laughs> F. So, <laughs> but, no. Uh, okay. So yeah, who wants to... When you feeling hung over, who wants to do that? That's my cure. Oh, okay. Hundred percent. It works every time because it builds up all of those serotonin, like that that big release. I have to try that. It's. I swear by it. Oh my god! No, I can't even think of. It. I don't even want to look at anybody. I don't even want to look at myself when I'm hungover. <laughs> who, who am I expecting to 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 do that with? And and yeah, no. That's another podcast, but I can help you with that. No. <laughs> Not even self. No. I've, so talking about this episode with friends, uh, I actually brought this up because they were super interested on on what all these uh, folklore common cures are for hangovers. And I, I brought this one up and he was like, oh, yeah, 100%. I do that. I thought I was the only one that did that. And I thought it was weird for doing it. I was like, no, you're not. No, this is. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's not common. And again, moral panic. Probably not going to be the first uh, Google ad that pops up when you Google hangover cures. It is now. <laughs> We're going to make it happen, especially after we write about it. Yeah. You might want to do that in your private search. Mm-mm. But <laughs> but a serotonin release will definitely help at least that symptom. And so what you're trying to do with a hangover is you're trying to alleviate all of the symptoms that come along with it. Okay. Uh, and something that you were very interested about when we were talking about ethanol is ethanol and when we were talking about tannin is the red wine headache. Yes. Uh, so what are your experiences with red wine headaches? Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, not necessarily red wine headaches. If more than anything, red wine um, like keeps me up because um, all the sugar kind of gets me going. Um, so I don't really get hangovers from red wine, but I was thinking more like dark liquors, like um, whiskey, bourbon, scotches, things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're onto something there because red wine and uh, whiskey are some of the ones that are top in the congeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, these things that give flavor, these things that give color, uh, these mysterious little minor things to alcohol that have not quite been researched enough. So it, so it's the congeners, not the tannins. Correct. One and two, it's the alcohol, okay. not the congeners. The overall. Because I just thought. So what about mix? No, we talked about that mixing. We had we had that conversation before. Mixing the light and the dark together, and it's all bad either way it goes. But um, the congeners and the darker liquors are so unknown that they are known to get you more messed up potentially okay and that's that's the the hypothesis but unfortunately there's no research to back it up uh, no it's research to back it up <laughs> it's, it's, it's tested and true people know what's i mean a lot of people it might be placebo effect and they saying oh i can't drink this oh i can't drink that and everything else but if you know your body you know your body if you know what you what gets you going and what doesn't sometimes your mind will make it true, even if it isn't. That's 100% true. And uh, so something else that could be a factor of a red wine headache are histamines. Um, Histamines are um, caused by inflammation for the most part. So those are the things that make you feel stuffy and and headachey. And uh, another thing that um, could be at factor here um, would be um, the, uh, the rate at which you're drinking them. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So that's another time um, element. Not just time, how long it takes to go away, but time in how much you're drinking at a time. Right. And uh, so this begs the question, have you ever heard anyone talking about clean wine or sulfite-free wine and how that will decrease your headaches? Have you seen this new piece of copper that goes into your red wine to, I think Goop has it out, to, to get rid of your headaches uh, once and for all? No, that is new to me. Uh, so there's this great copper product that's being sold for way too much money. What we do is we just stick pennies in it to remove extra sulfites. Um, but that is not going, what it's going to do is it's going to alter um, the amount of um, SO2 in it. It's going to like combine with the copper. So, do you know all of the places I've seen pennies? <laughs> Keep going. I'm just saying, I've seen <laughs> pennies 
being I've seen rats playing frisbee with pennies. <laughs> I've seen roaches <laughs> using pennies as balance boards. I've seen pennies inside of condoms for some unknown pennies reason. Pennies inside of condoms. I've seen pennies everywhere except for on the sun. And <laughs> there's no way. I don't care if I washed it with <laughs> bleach that was produced by an alien from outer space that told me this is guaranteed to clean everything. There's no way I'm putting a penny in something that I'm drinking. Okay, find a neutral source of copper. You can buy it. You can buy it from goop.com. You can purchase a little little copper bit to stick in your wine. But what that's doing is it's actually binding with the SO2 of the sulfites and it's it's um it's <laughs> You're so disgusted by yeah, pennies. No, that's yeah, I'm out. They're probably are they even made with copper anymore? What year did they stop doing that? Oh yeah, you're right about that. We need to fact check her again. But <laughs> no, I'm not like I said, the things I've the places I've seen pennies. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh so <laughs> Sulfur dioxide, or SO2, uh, naturally occurs everywhere, and it's used in winemaking to um, to slow down oxidization, to slow down bacterial infection, so think things like vinegar, and it also slows down fermentation in general. It just makes everything a little bit sleepy. And um, the FDA has a ton of requirements on how much of this you can actually add into things, and it's not a lot. Uh, if you're looking at what has a ton of sulfites in it, you're looking at things like frozen French fries, uh, dried meats, uh, dried uh, fruits. These are all going to have 20, 40, 100% more sulfites than a glass of wine would. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you actually do have a reaction to sulfites, um, it is a, again, it's a histamine reaction. And so if you can't breathe or you're sneezing when you're drinking red wine, those are the sulfites. Go out and buy yourself some copper if you don't want to sneeze while you're drinking red wine, but it's not what's going to give you that headache. Um, so <laughs> if you want to avoid a red wine headache, um, you should pop a couple of aspirin and definitely drink water. One glass of wine for one glass of water because that is what's going to help you not removing the sulfites. Okay. going to make us break that seal quicker, but I'm with that. <laughs> Oh, that made me drunk. <laughs> the water won't, I promise. Uh, and then, so the last thing are, are all of these supplements. Yeah, those don't work either. Yeah. If you look at the ingredient list, basically what you're doing when you see all these miracle cure snake oil supplements, mm -hmm. you want to look at the ingredient list and you want to see what those ingredients are doing to combat which symptoms you have. It's the same looking for a cold medicine or anything that's over the counter. Mm -hmm. Check out the ingredients, see what it's doing. Mm -hmm. One thing that you want to avoid is acetaminophen. Um, because that will take another tax on your liver, mm -hmm. and uh, that is a no-no. Right. Uh, so that's like Tylenol and those no things. No Tylenol, right. Yeah, that makes it worse. But these supplements can have different things in them from caffeine to B vitamins to um, uh, CBD sometimes to, to help avoid all of these symptoms, which are you know headache, nausea, dry mouth. And uh, they will help alleviate it for the day, but there is no miracle cure for a hangover. Right. No miracle cure. Oh. Don't let anybody tell you different. Oh. And uh, that's, that's what I've got as far as hangovers go. Well, I appreciate that. I learned um, some stuff. Um, I thought that was... 
that was great. And hopefully somebody else can learn something from it as well. Um, you know, that's what we always here for. This is just be an education podcast so we can like teach you all kind of stuff. <laughs> Even about you losing weight through your breath. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I will, I will tune in to any podcast that you have that is, explains that in depth with I want I want citations. Um okay. <laughs> in closing, so please let us know what you think. What should we drink next? What libation should we dive into next? Please comment, ask questions, anything at all that you can think of, please send it to us and where can you reach us? At designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com and we are on instagram at the designated drinkers podcast on twitter drinkers podcast and on facebook the o-g-d-d yeah that's right (laughs) t-h-e-o-h-g-e-e-d-e-e-d-e-e and our website is getting so close to being finished. I'm learning about RSS feed. It's 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 a thing. Yes. Uh, but our website is designateddrinkerspodcast.com. Um for pictures of what we got going on, booze, cocktails, articles, guest profiles, all that fun stuff. We got it going. Well, so, we'll have it going. So what do you think of the paquette? Um I liked it. It's very refreshing um since it wasn't like our main feature and sponsor i didn't do the whole read it thing but it's it's very good it's very like i said refreshing um it tastes like a perfect wind down call it a night drink yeah or i'm on a boat drink (laughs) i'm on a boat i'm with that i can't i'm opening the downtown locate all i can think about is boats right now okay I can't like wait that. to be on a boat i like that yeah i like it the, the, the can is cool the taste is good the flavor is good it's, it's very impressive it's like just baby like baby wine just like baby wine yeah <laughs> i was gonna say just like all your facts that you came with I, um <laughs> I, I, I can't get over the facts i'm with it awesome. with it well thanks for hanging out and listening to me nerd out uh, as always Ain't got nowhere better to be, so thank you. Cheers. Bye.